Welcome to the Blur and Blend Marketing Podcast. Hear how marketing professionals worldwide are navigating in the blur of today's challenging consumer marketplace as they blend new age strategies and partnerships that create marketing success. Here's your host for the B&B, marketing professional and global educator, Trish Rubin. Hi, everybody. It's Trish Rubin. Welcome to Blur and Blend Marketing Podcast. In this podcast, which I named before this challenging time, I like to talk to people. I call them my guides. These people give me guiding stories about communication and branding and marketing, and they come from cross-industry. So right now we're feeling a little bit like we have a blur going on in communication. And in order for us to get through the fog, my suggestion is we reach out and we find as many people as we can to help us blend what is new and needed for the next step in our journey as professionals in business and education. So enjoy the ride today because I am bringing you a superintendent friend of mine who actually asked me to be on his podcast years ago. He'll tell you a little more about that. Let me introduce you to uh, one of my favorite lead educators, Jeff Collier. And Jeff is going to join us today. So welcome, Jeff. Wow. Well, my goodness, Trish, thank you for such a flattering introduction. It is so good to be with you today. I've been looking forward to this all week. Thank you. Yeah, because um, as you'll tell us when I have you adjust the rearview mirror, Jeff's going to tell us a story of actually how we got together and met uh, years ago and uh, how we've been following each other through the digital space. And now I think this is happening so much during this time. People are reconnecting and finding new value in the relationships that they had. So if you are an educator, uh, I'm so happy to to bring you um, a, a lead voice in education. If you're a student of mine, you're going to learn a lot. Jeff is a good teacher. And if you're a business person, you'll hear him talking about how he has developed relationships with business. So let's enjoy this ride. So if you will... Remember, (laughs) if you've been in my podcast, you know I work with a frame, three elements. If you're new, listen up. So in this ride, this journey that we take, I ask the guests to guide us and to get behind the wheel and to take us on a journey that has three elements. And anyone who drives knows that the first thing you do when you're getting into your car is adjust the rearview mirror. So I like to have that feeling of safety with my guests by having them give us that look in the rearview mirror, hindsight, where they have been and how that has informed them as to where they are today. And then we take off down the road and along the way we get insights from our guide telling us about how they see the topic that they're talking about and seeing the application for today. And then finally, having that guide look ahead a little bit down the road before we finish our journey to tell us what's coming, what uh, is important for us to know as communicators. And so the drive begins uh, with the rear view mirror, and we're going to uh, have a nice drive with Jeff. I'm going to give you the wheel, and Jeff, I'm going to see you adjusting that rear view mirror. Tell us a little bit about, and the stories are the best way, Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you're connected to the topic that you're talking about today. Well, I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to enjoying this ride as well. I hope I keep my eyes on the road, really, because we're going to be looking and maybe a little distracted on a selfish aspect about this story. Uh, My story really begins in education, uh, starting out uh, in in multiple layers. And, And without getting too deep into my personal history, I've had the blessing without embellishment of being able to say that I've worked in uh, a public school academy, which is a charter school. I've attended private parochial schools. I've been either a teacher, administrator, instructional leader. In Michigan, we, based on population, we reference our school district sizes as uh, A through D. Uh, so uh, class A school being the largest inner city I've worked in class A, class B, class C, and class D school districts. And now I am a superintendent of an intermediate school district in Michigan. So I've had a very uh, blessed story arc. And as we talk about communication and building relationships and partnerships and really uh, robust communication platforms, 
I think that our talk today is really going to talk about a story arc of that rearview mirror of most recent, my last eight years as a local superintendent, uh, as I transition now into my new role as an intermediate school district superintendent. All right. Thank you. For those people who might not be familiar, what, uh, when you say a local superintendent and an intermediate school uh, superintendent, just give us the 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 elevator speech on that. <laughs> well, one of the one of the blessings I think that I've had, and I'm going to use that word blessing on purpose, and it's going to be a redundant theme. And I really, I, I think it's a lot to do with being a positive growth mindset or having a positive growth mindset. But uh, to be able to talk about things when we talk nationally, not all, not all states are equitable or equal in how they frame or use nomenclature when it comes to education. So I think that's an astute point of, of wondering what that is. In the state of Michigan, local school districts are, are comprised within district boundaries. And the district that I worked at previous was Augre Sims School District located in Northeast Michigan, a beautiful town, beautiful community and a destination district nestled right on the Lake Huron shoreline. However, it was, even though it currently is standing at about 125 square miles, it uh, had a very disparate population density of the demographics of about 450 total students, even though it was uh, 125 square miles roughly. A small rural uh, impoverished school district that had an amazing quality of life feel. And I gave it a tagline several different times about the fact that uh, it was a public school with a private school feel and a destination district, as I've already, already referenced. Uh, now, moving into an intermediate school district, the state of Michigan has 56 different educational service agencies or ISDs, and I am now uh, the superintendent of Saginaw Intermediate School District, which is the eighth largest school intermediate school district or ISD in the state of Michigan. It, our mission is to serve, innovate, and empower. I love those three words, and they really oh. clearly identify what servant leadership is, in my opinion, to be able oh. to provide service and with the, the hallmark customer service gold standard. We serve 12 local school districts that would have been similar to Augre Sims, my former employee, uh, much larger, however. So we have 12 local school districts within the Saginaw County boundary, six public school academies, 22 non-public schools, um, with an, an enrollment just shy of about 27,000 total students. Uh, we also provide business, career tech education, human resources, special education, instructional uh, technology, transportation, and people accounting services to those local school districts that we now service. So it's a much broader uh, service platform and uh, sense of what we're doing as far as outreach. Um, so it's a unique aspect as I change my paradigm of talking about the storytelling of a local school district to now a much larger regional aspect of uh, collaboration and service. Yeah, it's more like a, from a short story to a saga. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, we're, we're all in this together all the time. And really what we're doing is just trying to connect really strong ideologies of service and being servant leaders. And as we do that, my focus has always been in building partnerships and very strong relationships through storytelling, because no matter what our position is, what our role is, whether we are at a, a local school district or a parochial school district, typically we identify with colors and we identify with mascots. We identify with slogans and, and logos. And in this particular aspect, I believe that there's a greater story that we may not have been telling. And we can talk about the byproducts of branding. We can talk about the byproducts of uh, marketing. But I really think that when we talk about storytelling, especially in education, we are talking about all of us taking a look at what our primary focus is, and that is service to, to children and students. And that is a wonderful story to me. And it's one that I'm not sure we do uh, a good enough job of telling. Uh, thank you. Well, right now it's coming through loud and clear. And I have to say in the rearview mirror, uh, one of the reasons why uh, we were uh, introduced is, is from the branded book in uh, 2017. And I see, uh, I see you with your community manager, John, and they, uh, these two 
because you use the word innovate, and that's one of my three words when I describe myself. It had innovated, and I've talked about this as I've been on my feet all over the country talking about this this partnership of a school superintendent doing a a podcast with the the community manager. So you're listening to somebody who's really, when when you're talking about this idea of innovation, that to me is one of the stories that I remember so clearly. And and I'll I'll build on that just a minute as we continue to adjust that rear view mirror, because uh, what what is so fantastic is not only have I um, been able to connect with you, I've connected with Eric Scheniger as well, the two co-authors of Brand Ed. And I can remember the story of my my partner, John Stanley, who at that time was a city manager of Augray Sims. And we we're attending uh, something that was being sponsored by Michigan State University Extension for expanding uh, entrepreneurial business throughout regions. And we're coming back from that. And there was a place that we're coming across that is an outlet into Lake Huron. It's called the Singing Bridge. And I looked at John and we're talking about being creative and innovative. And I said, John, what do you think about a podcast? You want to do a podcast with me? I said, how how crazy would that be to be local superintendent and the city manager talking about all things related to our community, education, business, entrepreneurship? And John, without missing a beat, says, absolutely. And then and then we both looked at each other and said, so what is a podcast? So we, we began that uh, foray down the Huron Forward podcast at that time. And as you and I have joked and is uh, I love it because it continues to keep us connected, you and I, all roads lead to Trish. And here we are again today on October 1st, 2020, talking about our continued story. I, I love it. I That's absolutely love it because that, that really emphasizes the reality of relationships uh, and purpose. And as we talk about our story and our story just continues to grow. Well, we are now cruising down the road. You can hear this people, you know, you can, that rearview mirror is adjusted. And now (laughs) in this part of, it's such a robust uh, journey already because of just what what we're hearing, uh, the whole idea of, keeping relationships going is we're moving into this discussion now where we are trying to get insights of what's important, what's always been important or what's now become important for our guests and our guide. So here we are, we're moving into like the insight section. We already have gotten great insights already in the rearview mirror. My question could be, you know, uh, how might we understand you better through insights that you are using Right now, maybe the things that you're really feeling um, close to, you mentioned the servant leadership. We could still talk about that. So how might we recognize you um, and your insights as uh, something that uh, is so um, organic and important for you on this journey? So as you're driving, we know you're authentic. Well, I, I appreciate that. And again, I'm going to try to keep my eyes on the road because this is an engaging topic. It's all about me, right? So it's got to be. <laughs> uh, but no, in, in humble confidence, as I always share with my children, um, the, the reality is I, I have really just walked through this process as we go through, as, as many of us have experienced an opportunity to interview for a position and really lay ourselves bare. I always reference the emperor's new clothes because that's what it feels like when you're going into an interview. You're you're laying yourself bare and you're jumping off that cliff and you're hoping that uh, not only have your decisions been good and fruitful, but that it'll be uh, a myriad of intangible fits. So when I began talking about this really as a personal brand, I, I prefer a platform. The discussion became, what is the purpose? What is my singular purpose every single day as an educational instructional leader, uh, as an educator, a champion for children? Um, and, and really every single day, put our pants on to be able to make sure that we are providing the epitome, the gold standard of servant leadership. And I break that down into two areas, really. I break it down into not only is it service, but it's also the customer service that comes with that, especially organizationally in the position that I am now. When we're facilitating services for the the number of school districts that we are and just shy of 27,000 students in the county, it really is a focus on what we have to do as an ISD to ensure that we are providing the gold standard of service with a customer service focus. So as I talk about these things, it really does come back down to what I have identified. And I think, unfortunately, 
uh, Trish, you and I have spoken about this before. The what I consider to be an inherent need as a communicator for our community and our constituencies, I really think may be something that is hard to be able to explain the importance to other educators or business leaders or leaders anywhere um, to be able to understand that sometimes it's perceived as, as building 25 hours in a 24 hour day or trying to be able to fit that other piece in. And when we talk about communication, sometimes it's not so easy as just looking at quantitative metrics and statistics. Sometimes we have to take a look at what we believe and then we have to justify those beliefs, hopefully, and balance them with with reality. But we have to take a look at maybe the anecdotal or the qualitative aspects about what communication does. And that's where we get into the gray areas of climate and culture and morale. But to me, the greatest difference-making aspect that we can do is ensuring that we are building dynamic and robust communication platforms. I call these communication buffets and be able to uh, discuss who we are and what we do at such a granular level that everybody is able to build the trust quotient that comes along with that. And I just, that that visual of that communication buffet too, uh, that each one of those, um, choices that you have really then lends itself to uh, deepening. And then also, I love the idea too, because you're so good at weaving those things together. So you've got these pieces and you can go on the horizontal, but you can also do the deep dive for all of those pieces. And I think that's a strength. And when the insights that, that you bring are, are, how do you um, explore that? And you, you, you know, mentioning how the, the, the data, how understanding where you really want to go is so important now. Um, how do you manage that at this time when things seem to be shifting so much? How do you get that? Well, I, I think there's a couple of different things and it's, it's, it's really a moving target. And I think it talks to having a growth mindset. I am fond of saying, what if, and why not? I am absolutely a, what if, and why not champion? And I think there, there's a lot to being able to say, what if, and why not? And the, the three pieces that I discuss with my team all the time, they hear it so much that they could recant it right now. I think is, I'm going to name the podcast that. <laughs> <laughs> that is really, uh, what is our, anything that we take a look at from a, what and what, what if and why not is what is our purpose? Do we have capacity to to meet that, or do we have to build capacity? And will it be sustainable? And that's the you know that's going to be the title of my next book for sure. What if, uh, why not? In purpose, capacity, and sustainability. But when we get into talking about the the phrase that I had coined a few years back, a communications buffet. Yeah. Um, it was it was a visual that I had about how do we provide communication. I would bet that if you talk to most leaders and you were to ask them or give them a Likert scale of one to 10 and say, how are you on communication? I'll bet you most people are going to rate themselves as very high. And I would imagine very similar to love languages that they probably express their communication in the same style that they like to receive their communication. And I wanted to challenge our team uh, several different times about making sure that we were branching out to create a, a buffet of choices. And I began to use my parents as examples. My dad is a a website guy. He is a static website guy. He knows how to navigate it. He likes to be able to go there. He can can get on that. My mom's more of an email person. I'm much more of a social media uh, person and how we get things. And then we started to take a look throughout an organization of, okay, well, what communication styles are out there? And where is, so what's our purpose? And I wanted to go down that road. The purpose was let's identify all of our, Uh, communication styles that we currently have. And let's see what we could build upon that. So website, uh, social media, mobile app, uh, newsletters, phone calls, podcasts, uh, YouTube channels. Let's, let's take all these different pieces and then people let's, let's take a look and poke some holes in this. So one of the things that came up is how are we going to build the capacity to be able to honor all these different areas? So, okay, purpose, capacity. And then I wanted to continue to challenge the query of, how many people do we have to have to make sure that this is valid? And we came up with the plus one model. And I said, if we're meeting one extra person, we're doing our job. 
We're helping create that story one person at a time. Now, again, that could be seen as trivial if you're talking about markets the size of Detroit and Chicago or Miami. But quite literally, when you begin to take a look at how important the purpose is of reaching out and building a relationship or a bridge, uh, making those connections to one plus person a day, I think that's when you begin to make sure that you're taking your blinders off and you're not assuming anything. So we wanted to create this communications buffet where you could come in, you could grab a little website, you grab a little social media, you want a little YouTube, go ahead and grab it. You want to, you want to dive all into an email that's going to come every week or a newsletter that'll be mailed to you. We wanted to make sure that we were meeting everybody to the best of our ability. In another term that I coined, uh, we wanted to saturate our communication. So let me let me ask you this about let's 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 link that to story. So if we're looking at insights for now, saturating communication stories. What what stories do your do your community? Uh, what or maybe it's just one big story. What's the story your community needs right now? Do you think? Well, I think that's this is where I probably get a little chippy as an educator. Because I'm not sure that educators do a very good job of narrating our own story. And whether that's out of humility or whether that's out of um, sense of understanding, if if you begin to think, uh, Trish, about education and what traditional education has been, I would argue, uh, perhaps incorrectly, but I'll, I'll continue to argue this assumption that most Americans have had an experience in a traditional classroom setting, whether that was public school, private school, uh, maybe it was uh, a church setting, faith formation, whatever it could have been. Maybe it was a, a career tech or collegiate experience. And if they had not, I'm, I'm willing to bet that Hollywood has provided enough other examples for the, the, the typical American to be able to understand what classroom settings are and to have provided such a sense of stereotype that most Americans just assume that school is the same as what they had experienced, whatever that moment in time, right, wrong, or indifferent. Hopefully it was positive, but maybe it's not always that experience. So I think that we then transcend those stereotypes because education itself has been slow to change. Uh, I think that we transcend those stereotypes into the projected realities for our children, our nieces and nephews, our grandchildren. And I think that there is such an assumption of what education is and what a school day is. You ask your son or daughter, hey, what happened at school day? Eh, Nothing. Oh, okay, cool. Exactly what it was for me. If you begin to think about the momentous aspects of what happens in education and what an exciting time... uh, Even with COVID, uh, unfortunately so, if we begin to take a look at the dynamic aspects of education, the minute-by-minute successes, the research, the celebrations, the positivity, the amazing things that are happening uh, collaboratively with students and teachers and staff, the amount of metric data that's coming in to be able to share those things, if we're not going to do it, who is? And if we're not, as educators, sharing that story, then we're allowing that narrative to be written, perhaps by stereotypes that may be false. So to me, providing the idea of stereo or or to, to reduce the stereotypes, to be able to share positively what happens in education, in the largesse, in the entire diorama of education, to me, is a story I think is still yet to be to be tapped into. And I think it's something that we need to really build upon the, I'm going to use this word again, the dynamic, the dynamically positive story that is there in education. It's a perfect segue into looking at the near future. So, uh, this is a tight journey. We have somebody who's very expert in getting us from here to there in the, in the time we want. Yeah, so uh, what we've, we've just heard and now imagining that we're nearing the end of the journey, we're going to look a little bit ahead to see if we're in the right place or maybe we do need to adjust where we're going. It's going to take us longer or we're there. Being a, an, an educational leader at this time, to look into forecasts, is it difficult to do that? Or do you say because of the way you've just described, you know, that how you work, that you find you're open to see it be, let's put it together. Let's, let's just see how it goes. 
So as you're as you're in that place, just looking ahead, what would you tell your fellow superintendents or people who are interested in understanding the looking forward in education and what it's like right now? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the storytelling and communication theme. One of my favorite proverbs is the best time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. And when I begin to take a look at communication and we begin to hear the anxieties of whether or not we have capacity in our teams or whether we feel self-confident being able to deliver that message or whether we know what it is or all of the litany of other responsibilities that we have building up. If we consider the time of COVID right now, the anxieties, the stressors, the frustrations that educational leaders, business leaders are facing with staff, uh, with community, with limited resources, uh, you can catch those those moments where you start to go, and, and you can't breathe. You, we get into those moments. And and I would challenge that everybody should just go for it. There, I know there are excellent examples. I just don't know that there are excellent examples all around us all the time. And I also don't know that there's a singular roadmap to be able to follow this. I think that creating a story yeah. is part of the unique aspect of the communal narrative yeah. and being able to build it within it. What gets me excited is that when I talk about storytelling, I'm not talking about storytelling from Jeffrey Collier's perspective. I'm talking about it from an organizational community perspective. And where my paradigm thought process has begin to sh begun to shift in my personal reflections is I'm moving from an opportunity to have had an impact on a local school district to now being able to impact a positive greater story of an entire county in mid-Michigan in the Great Lakes Bay region, uh, a dynamic story of history and positivity and quite, quite literally, and I love this phrase, uh, it's sagging awesome here. So to, to talk about the things that are taking place in mid-Michigan and then dialogue that with the collaborative bridge building partnership that naturally happens when we connect people. I, one, of the, one of the greatest ways to talk to anybody is, hey, tell me about yourself. What's going on? Well, let me tell you that I'm an educator and it is amazing. What a simple storyline of, of how that begins. Uh, once upon a time, we had a history of the greatest profession ever. Okay, where do we want to go from there? And when we begin to talk about that and then bring multiple districts together to be able to overlay the positivities where all means all, it doesn't matter the mascot, doesn't matter your school colors, every student, every single day, all means all. When we begin to layer those success stories on top of one another, how in the world is, can you not get behind that celebration? Oh, thank you. And so it's energizing. And uh, I, I think this is a great message uh, to be heard. I hope others will hear this and hear what's actually uh, happening in education. You know, basically you get sort of that, that, perspective from media of, you know, oh, you know, what's challenging and it's going wrong and all, wait a minute, like, it's, can we trust educators to do this now that, that things are, um, as you say, you just go for it? I think we can. And I think that's uh, what I want to people to know as we close this is that that is, um, people are stepping up to do that. I, I think a lot of young teachers too, when I see you know, how committed they are and bringing their talents and their tools. It's just, uh, as you say, it's, 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 yes, it's going to change. We're going to see stories that we've never seen before. And um, they're going to be shared in ways that are totally uh, personalized. And if we want to go back at the end of this to marketing, that's really what people are talking about. How can I make this experience that I'm offering to someone so personal? And I believe it's a, uh, it, it can happen in education and we'll blow up that model of what is traditional and that will really be in the rear view mirror. So thank you. And because it's just been a great conversation, I'm really excited uh, to ask my last question. If you've, <laughs> to, if you've listened to this podcast, uh, you know, I, I used it as sort of a, a light way to close, but I was, I was finding out when I asked this question of people, I could hear them talking more deeply than I thought I was going to get from them. So uh, I, I, and then yesterday uh, on a podcast yesterday that I recorded, I heard um, uh, Dr. Terry Wu talk about how that connection to color is really part of a wiring of your brain. So my question is always at the end. So, you know, what color, maybe what was the color of the car that you were driving for us? What's your color? 
Jeff. Oh, I like that tie-in. That's fantastic. So uh, you were you were kind to be able to tip me off on this, and I appreciate that because it really took me into a position of what's my favorite color? Am I a seasonal color guy? Do I continually go through? So you know what I did? I went into my closet and I said, How, "What what is?" the number or hues of dress shirts that I have. And it was, it was without question. And then I, before I answered the question myself, I asked my kids and my wife, I said, what do you think dad's uh, favorite color is? And it, it was undeniable. It was blue. I am, I am absolutely all day long, a blue guy. Maybe it's because of the color of my eyes. I'm not sure. And then, so as I went into this a little bit further, I said, well, what type of color? And I challenged myself in, <laughs> I embarrassingly so challenged myself into a Pantone color of all things. And uh, I found that I think I'm leaning towards a mosaic blue. And I think that I think that speaks a lot to me about the ability of of being able to change and a lot of different pieces coming together to make the whole. I that Jeff, you just you're just so good at, at this is what who Jeff is. I'm telling the story, doing the research. And you know, going bring <laughs> the data to us. So I I love it. And um, you know, Pantone, the other blue, uh, the Tiffany blue is a like Pantone uh, one nine five zero or something like that. But mosaic blue, and you can't see this. People are listening, but behind Jeff on the wall, it, it is. It is. Office, is blue. <laughs> it is. It's it's about as close to a mosaic blue as I think you can get. It's an 18-4528. There you go, Trish. So much fun. It is. So much fun to reconnect. I'm so happy to have shared this and I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation uh, on the podcast and um, let's have people, I'll put it in the show notes, but if people want to connect with you, and I'm sure they will after hearing this, uh, you're a social media person. Uh, give us the uh, the connections, and then I'll also put them into the show notes. Well, I appreciate that opportunity. I, I really do. I'm a, I'm a Twitter guy all day long, and I absolutely love it. And I think it is such a special tool for educators. And I understand all social media pieces have, have different entertainment values. And one of the things that I've been able to do is really begin to filter down into educators across the globe and to be able to share similar experiences and and to learn from each other is just an amazing thing. So uh, I look forward to continuing this ride together and connecting. Please reach out to me at Jeffrey J. Collier. And I look forward to continuing to resonate and build our shared dialogue. Uh, it is what originally connected uh, you and I, Trish. It's what's connecting me to some of the greatest educational thinkers beyond education. I mean, that's such a, a, a box. I don't want it to be a box because it's dynamic, but really some of the best thinkers I have ever been able to do to be able to reach out hit them up on a DM. And it's amazing how our relationships have built uh, over the last several years. So uh, Twitter at Jeffrey J. Collier. Thank you. Well, another wonderful journey. And um, what is this? Is the sky's the limit. The blue sky's the limit. The mosaic blue sky's yeah. the limit for my guest. And all the best to you in this new role. I'm very excited. Uh, when we spoke years ago, I remember you telling me about the lakes and Eventually, I will get back to Michigan, <laughs> and I would love to be able to see you there, and um, I'll look forward to it. So thank you so much. Please, uh, if you're listening for the first time, listen again. Uh, please subscribe. <laughs> please share. If you're uh, listening uh, over and over, please make sure that you learn, <laughs> not just stop by. Don't drive by. Learn, because... I learn every time I get uh, in a car with one of my guides. So I look forward to taking another drive with you again. And uh, right now I haven't really determined who's going to follow this great podcast. So I'm going to give myself a little time to think who will be behind the wheel. But uh, I'm so happy that you were with me, Jeff. And thank you again for being part of Blur and Blend Marketing Podcast. This was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you very much. And I look forward to connecting.